0: Hello, speedy race car fans, and welcome to a very individual episode of Shift F1, a podcast about speedy race cars. I'm your host, solo this week, Danny O'Dwyer, uh, reporting live from my new office here in the beautiful state of Maryland. Mary land. The land of Mary's. Um, it's in the woods. It's a bit of a change. I moved from Oakland, California, about... I guess I left there about two weeks ago, and the past two weeks have been rather uh, uh, busy and weird. We were staying uh, with family in the interim in Virginia, and uh, we just got the keys to this place on Monday. So I am absolutely surrounded by boxes. Uh, I'm doing it solo because Mr. Drew Scanlon is currently in Brazil. Uh, He is not at Interlagos. He is tragically a couple of months early for that. (laughs) Um, Maybe he'll get to go buy it. I don't know. Um... But uh, he is—he is there for, I believe, the best part of two and a half weeks. So uh, I am your host for uh, two shows at least. I think perhaps a third. Um, and I'll be—I'll be recruiting some help for next week. Uh, but the way that things have shaken out is that I am literally. Patching together a house, unpacking boxes, trying to get electricity and internet and all this stuff set up. Uh, but this morning, I literally to do this podcast. I rebuilt my PC. I put all the hard drives back in. Um, it posted and booted up perfectly, first time. So uh, thank God for that. I had to find my microphone. I had to find my um, my my amp and uh, and all that good stuff. Uh, and of course, I had to look up uh, the news for what is going to be a very exciting. F1 weekend, especially for those of us in North America who get to watch this um, on a beautiful Sunday afternoon like a football game. So um, a lot of talk about on today's show. We're going to do the usual roundup of the track itself. We've got some interesting news stories. Um, about weather, about kneeling, about uh, the continuing crazy lemon dance that is the, the end of the 20, or the second half, rather, of the 2017 F1 season. Uh, so so plenty to jump in and talk about. So first of all, let's get to the track, Circuit of the Americas. As you know, we've been here a bunch of times. Uh, myself and Drew were at the race last year it was it was last year um we had a great time in around the sort of uh turn 12 to 16 arena section of the track uh, we saw taylor swift of course uh, this is part of sort of um pre-liberty f1's attempt to really get the american market on board with f1 this of course is the only uh track or only race rather during the year um that comes from uh, the U.S. It's the second one in North America. Uh, I guess third, actually. If you, 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 you We include Mexico in North America, right? Yeah, so I guess it's the third. Uh, but it's the only one in America, which is a massive, massive market, absolutely huge. Uh, it tends to lean towards different types of racing styles, obviously. Um, but if, uh, if 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 television metrics are anything to go by, then uh, plenty of those are actually struggling for viewership, NASCAR um, and Indy itself. I mean, the NFL is struggling for viewership right now as well. Um, but uh, plenty, plenty to go after there. But they've still been struggling. Um, and every year they put on a bunch of stuff to try and ensure that more people will get involved. And they're doing it, a bunch of it this year, actually. Michael Buffer is going to introduce the drivers ahead of the race. Um, he of let's get ready to rumble fame. He is the brother of Bruce Buffer, who is the it's time guy from uh, UFC. Sorry, I'm, I'm not sure if it's echoing here. It probably is. That's why I'm, I'm pulling it back. I'm going to go, it's time uh, during all the big uh, UFC events. Most of them he does. He doesn't do some of the fight nights. Isn't it so weird that two brothers are both have the like most obscure specific job? Is he just growing up looking at his brother going like, I want to do that. But I don't want to do it with sports where you only punch. I want to do it where you can kick people in the face as well. Anyway, Michael's doing it ahead of it. Usain Bolt is going to signal the formation lap, apparently. So that's cool. Don't they usually have someone signal the start of the race, not the formation lap? That seems a bit shitty to get up there and start the formation lap. You probably don't know it's the formation lap. You'll probably be like, go, go, go. And everyone will start squiggling around the track. And like, what, are you, what are you doing? Um, part of the track will also be in pink to uh, celebrate, uh, or celebrate rather, to raise awareness for, I would say. Um, uh, uh, Breast cancer uh, awareness for for, uh, Actually, I I believe pink is sort of used for all types of cancer now I think Um, I didn't read exactly what it was But anyway, it's getting me talking about it So it must be doing the job Um, The Paredes are also going to be pink instead of purple That would be the ultrasofts this time around as well To raise awareness And hopefully raise more specific awareness So that people like me don't really know what it's for It's for some sort of cancer awareness, I know. that. Uh, The circuit itself, then, 5.5 kilometers. That's uh, about three and a half miles for um, you. I was about to say non-Europeans, but I grew up in miles as well, so I don't know what the hell. 56 laps all in all. There's two DRS zones, one on the crazy uphill straightaway uh, and one on the incredibly long straight on the back end of the track, which we'll talk about in a hot second. Um... It has uh, the lap record currently held by Sebastian Vettel at uh, 1 minute 39.347, the fastest lap itself uh, 1.34999, just under uh, 1 minute 35 seconds. Um, held by Lewis Hamilton at a Q3 last year, likely to be beaten this year, likely, d- definitely will be beaten uh, this year. Maximum speed on the track is a hot 333 kph, and it's about uh, 206 miles an hour, and uh, like I said, there are two DRS zones on this bad boy. A lap on a track involves 20 turns. That's a lot of turns. Um, it is a counterclockwise track. The first turn is a left, and there's plenty more of them than there are rights, but there is not uh, no shortage of rights either. Um, and there are a couple of little sort of mini straights, but generally it's the rather crazy uphill into turn one, which isn't so good for overtaking, except on that first lap just because of the nature of the uh, the uphill uh, on it for a bunch of reasons, um, and then that one at the back as well. So let's talk about that first one. It's a 364-meter incline. I think it's the equivalent of a 10-story building um, that they go up. The drivers are essentially blind. They're looking into the sky as if they were strapped to the back of a rocket ship. Uh, difficult to find the apex on that first turn, so it's a good thing to take it um, in first or second gear, depending on how they, they ratio up. Uh, it's quite wide on the outside, so there shouldn't be too much contact but the problem is the exit of turn one and that sort of uh, pseudo hairpin goes into a very fast section of the track where, uh, which involves uh, a right, left, right, left, right uh, which uh, sort of emulates the, the, the speed of maggots and beckets or the flow of maggots and beckets but uh, much, much faster. The turns themselves are, are, uh, are far uh, thinner than they are uh, the big sort of windy ones you get uh, in Silverstone. It's a a very interesting part of track because it's plenty of opportunity to overtake practically all over us, turn two, It's uh, down into there. If you get a launch off turn one, you'll grab somebody. Um, You can just as easily catch up to them on turn three, four, five. Uh, The sort of uphill nature of turn six that that has that that right-hander, you can go on the inside there and cut somebody off. Uh, The nature of any track where you have a right-hander that has an immediate left-hander means that once you overtake somebody, they're in a position where they can try and get you back. So that whole section is essentially... um, Wide open for people to overtake, especially on the first couple of corners, uh, and people tend to do it as well because it's got that whole big um, uh, runoff area uh, all over it. In fact, Circuit of the America is not a Circuit of the Americas. Apologies is a no shortage has no shortage of runoff area, um, basically everywhere uh, on it. You you don't tend to see people hitting walls at all, and you also rarely see people landing gravel and get stuck either. Um there's a double right-hander up there which is a, an interesting sort of uh, challenge for them to 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 cope with as they're sort of making their way up to seven uh up to, through 7, 8 and 9 again sort of cresting at the top of the hill. If you're at the back end of the track on the south-west side, you can actually see all this stuff happen um because it's so high up in the other. A lot of topographical change um all over this. Uh, uh, race circuit, especially in those first couple of turns. Uh, once you get up to turn 10, you're basically downhill into a super sharp, sort of almost hairpin again. Very tight right-hander on turn 11. DRS det- detection zone is before the turn, so you'll see a lot of people diving in there to try and get into DRS zone, maybe taking a shallower exit on that turn, uh, and then using that straightaway uh, to, to sort of close that gap. They'll dive in with like just a couple of tents underneath a second once they've actually gotten back on the straight that might be a one and a half but they can open up their uh, rear wing regardless um, and it's a long enough straight where you can catch uh, somebody that's the furthest point as well from the pit lane so it's the one part of the track people don't want to mess up on because they have a lot of stuff to get back to the pit lane in case anything happens um, very nice uh, straight away there you There'll be plenty of overtaking on that, no doubt, this time around. Especially if we get the wet weather conditions that it looks like we we might have, um, that place will be prime for people to 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 get out there and um, get into the get into the wet part of the track and get around people. Uh, turn twelve, very fat, a heartbreaking zone, relatively tight left hander, about hundred and. 20 degrees perhaps to the left. And then you're into a nice little sort of, uh, I guess you call it the arena section, uh, between turns 12, 15, 16, uh, and then the fatty uh, exit on 17. This whole area is incredibly technical. Another double right-hander apex there. Um, with 13 and 14. Uh, this whole section, they can kind of see each other as well engage where they are going up into the straight. Uh, lots of stands around there. Super good place to watch. We were just on the exit of turn 16, or rather between 16 and 17. Um, if uh, if you're going this weekend or you haven't got tickets, you're looking for some, for some i definitely recommend uh, checking out that whole area. Loads to see and do. Uh, plenty of runoff here as well. You won't see too much overtaking here. A lot of people sort of jimmying up the car waiting to get back onto the straightaway. Uh, turn 17 and 18, big Big fat double right hander again. This is the right hander. Uh, uh, there's a bunch of places where there's just lots of these very challenging double, triple apex corners. Plenty of runoff here as well. Big old American flag, um, star-spangled banner, uh, sort of hugging the side of the track here. Um, you probably need it as well because it's quite a challenging uh, turn. Uh, then it's a turn 19, uh, which uh sort of bows down. This whole area is a little bit interesting. It kind of bows down a little bit. There's a big runoff area on the outside. Um, then, uh, relatively uh, sort of simple miniature straight there into turn 20, big fat pit lane on the left side, simple um, pit lane entry, very easy, nothing particularly challenging about that one. Um, and then a turn uh, that's sort of slightly uphill, that's where the, the track sort of bows down a little bit, like almost like into a little gully or, 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 or a pond. Imagine sinking the earth down, it sort of sinks down and pops back up again. And then when they return, turn 20, final turn on the, the track, they're looking back up that crazy 364-meter, 10-story building behemoth uh, in front of them. And uh, you tend not to get that men, that much overtaking up and around there. I think that turn at turn one is just a little easy to um, defend against. There's not too much penalty for hitting it really tight. It's also uphill, so it's uh, harder to get uh, that sort of uh, required I guess, acceler- over-acceleration uh, over the car in front of you. Uh, and it's also not particularly long. So, again, you're you're sort of running out of track before you get up to the speeds you need to, to really overtake somebody. Unless somebody, of course, bungles something on turn 20 and then it's yours for the taking. Or, in fact, if they go wide, um, there's a little bit, good bit of runoff on that exit of turn 20. But there's also, if I remember correctly, quite fat rumble strips out there too. So people... Uh, drivers, especially in light of the, the some of the stuff we've seen with the tires this year, probably not wanting to get too much uh, too much action on those rumble strips. And that's a laugh in the Circuit of the Americas. Super fun track uh, for a televisual audience. It's quite easy to remember some of these parts. I think the back straightaway is uh, very distinct. Uh, just like China, you'll have like three or four cameras and an in-car view. As it's going down there, um, the incredibly iconic turn one uh, turn as well, um, very good. There's that big of uh, tower, the sort of observation deck tower that rests in between that first arena section between turn 19 and turn one. Um, you can kind of see that from a lot of the helicopter shots and wide shots. Gives you a good sort of uh, visual, um, what would you call it? Almost like a point, a point of interest in a video game that sort of allows you to know where you are in the track. Um, and, uh, yeah, overall, just a very distinct, fun track. Um, and uh, hopefully we'll get some good racing on it. Uh, we got some news this week. G- gentlemen, ladies, and people of all description. Uh, I'm going to keep it to uh, three very interesting news stories that we can sort of chew the fat on. First of all, always very, very fun. Rain likely uh, during the rain at Austin. If you're not from North America or you don't know North America very well, uh, Texas is essentially... At the bottom in the middle uh, it's, it's it's almost plumb center in, the, in in the United States um, uh, and then right at the, the the bottom of the of the the country as well. Uh, Austin itself is is a landlocked city um, uh, cool town it's kind of like the liberal town of the south. Or certainly the liberal town of Texas. Maybe the South is a bit, bit too broad. Um, I've not been to much of the South. In fact, I've not been to much of this part of America that I live in now. I went to Colonial Williamsburg uh, t- uh, last week for for a day. That was good fun. I learned a lot about Old Houses and Slavery, uh, which te- seems to be most of the history around here. Um, so looking forward to learning more about that. Uh, but uh, Texas uh, and Austin, I have been to. I've been to twice, I feel like. I think I've been to twice. Um, I went there. Rooster Teeth are based there, the video game uh, website, or the entertainment website, rather. Uh, and yeah, a lot of uh, a lot of old buddies live there. My old boss, Ty Root from GameSpot, lives there as well. He's from there, in fact. He showed me around a bunch. Great food, great party town. It's where... Uh, where's that big uh uh city limits Austin city limits that big uh sort of music festivals on there um and it's got a, a river which they call lake austin which is really weird i think it's because the water is particularly uh, quaint uh quiet uh the racetrack's are maybe about mm, 20 30 minutes i said outside of town uh Super fun place to go to. Uh, very much recommend it. Uh, Sunny a lot of the time, but it also uh, quite stormy. At one stage, they had something like 40 days and 40 nights of, of rain about three years ago. Maybe it was two years ago. Um, you don't get more biblical than that. Uh, and we're looking to see more of it this weekend. Uh, this coming from F1Fanatic, I believe. Uh, yes, the United States Grand Prix weekend could be affected by rain again, though not as badly as it was two years ago. Persistent rain throughout Friday and Saturday in 2015 meant second practice had to be cancelled. Qualifying was postponed till Sunday, and q 3 could not be run at all. Uh, The race began on a damp track when uh, it eventually did dry out. Uh, This time, drivers can expect uh, dry running conditions during the build-up to the race, but the main event itself is at greatest risk of rain. A low-pressure band arriving from the northwest is expected to bring rain along with it on Sunday morning, Uh, but its progress across the country only needs to slow a little for it to arrive in time for the 2 p.m. start. Uh, there is a low chance of occasional showers during Friday and Saturday. Air temperatures will fall just short of 30 degrees centigrade uh, uh, or Celsius, depending on what version of that you like to use. <laughs> I never know why it's got two names. But on race day, the cooler conditions will bring down uh, that down to the mid 20s. Lower track temps have tended to favour Mercedes so far this year, while Red Bull and McLaren are likely to be most encouraged by the prospect of rain, especially uh, if you ask. Sorry, end quote. Um, especially if you ask me, uh, one Max. Verstappen. yeah. So that will be an interesting one, as as we've said before. Uh, the the that track not uh, alien terrain at all. That city not alien terrain. Of course, if you are watching news, you know that uh, the horrific hurricanes that did batter Texas uh, quite recently. Um. Uh, As far as I know from my friends in the area of Austin, it did not necessarily uh, affect Austin. Certainly not as bad as something um, as some of the other cities, Um, Houston or or Dallas or any of that. But um, uh, we did, of course, have that really bad storm that happened a number of years after the race where the the pit straight was essentially submerged in about two feet of water. Um, So it can happen. It's not going to be that crazy, but even a little bit of moisture on that track on Sunday will make for some uh, very interesting racing. Um, another element of the race that's sort of uh, rearing its head uh, in relation to other sports and really in relation to just um, uh, persistent political issues uh, in the uh, United States and, and, let's be honest, across the world Um Lewis Hamilton, uh, all eyes on him this weekend to see if he emulates Colin Kaepernick and many of the other um sporting and non-sporting protesters and uh taking a knee during the American Grand Prix. Uh this one uh sorry during the um uh national anthem during the uh, American Grand Prix. This one reporting from the Guardian. Um he sorry, let me actually let me give a little bit of context to this cuz it probably does matter. Lewis Hamilton of course is the only uh black Race driver in uh, Formula One, uh, period. Uh, I say black because, of course, he is English, um, although his father, Anthony Hamilton, who you probably recognize from b- basically all of Lewis's race for the first four or five years, um, uh, went to uh most of his races as as he was a young guy and sort of ended up going into the background a little bit um during lewis's uh um, i guess early 20s mid 20s um he's originally from granada which of course is a caribbean island so much of the uh lewis's mother is, is white so lewis grew up um mixed race uh in a in a, in a country with quite a lot of um uh, racial diversity I would say in, in England at least certainly more than Ireland when I, when I live there so it's an interesting sort of perspective to come from because obviously the, the problems with the 21st century race relations especially in relation to the treatment of black people by um, uh, across the world, by by be it law enforcement or just the general society, of course this is this is a sort of a borderless problem, or certainly a problem that exists in some form, um, uh, depending on what border you're looking at. Um, but the fact that Lewis's father Anthony, uh, his family moved from Grenada in the fifties. Shows that uh, there's a there's the sort of etymology is connected to the sort of North American um, uh, plight uh, of uh, of African Americans as well. Uh, now, quoting from the Guardian, uh, he has been uh, open in his support for the protest that began began when the former San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick knelt during the uh, anthem as a reaction to racial injustice and police brutality. The protests grew more widespread after Donald Trump's condemnation. Hamilton is the first and only black driver in F one. He has posted a series of images on Instagram referencing the protests using the hashtag uh, take a knee. and since made it clear he's considering protesting himself in Austin. Uh, this is from Hamilton himself. Uh, I will have to start to think about it. What would be right for me uh, to do or do I even need to get involved he has said. It's not my national anthem but the issue that is in the States well it's not just in the States. It's a global thing. It's more focused and probably at its worst perhaps in America I think we all need to stand together. Uh, Hamilton has expressed little interest in politics in the past, but this issue has clearly uh, chimed with him. Formula One and on politics, however, have never been comfortable bedfellows. The sport was still racing in South Africa under apartheid in 1985. Its former chief, chief executive Bernie Eccleston, has since claimed he pulled F1 out because of the regime, but in the opinion of South African journalist, uh, F, sorry, F1 journalist uh, Dieter Renkin, uh, it was pure pragmatism. Uh, This one, Dieter. Bernie pulled South Africa Africa not because of any political or moral reasons, but because effectively he realized it was untenable to continue to promote a race if you can't get half the teams, uh, he argued. Eccleston replaced it the following year with a race in the communist-controlled Hungary and has subsequently done deals to hold races in China, Bahrain, and Azerbaijan. Um... That's the end of the article. Yes, of course, we've talked before about Eccleston's um, desire to get F1 into parts of the world. um, Seemed deemed undesirable by many um, uh, other people. You know, you could... Foreign policy. Without getting into the weeds too much on politics, you could argue that foreign policy is very much a matter of perspective, and perhaps um, Azerbaijani people would look at North America as a place that has that has has done um, uh, worse things than perhaps they have on the national front, or China would argue that bah, 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 bah. so it's all the same. But we we have seen it in recent years, even in the um, the protest for the the um, races in the, in the Middle East by. By Jensen Button and some other drivers um sport and politics they are they have been intertwined for as long as I can remember absolutely growing up watching Ireland play England and seeing you know chairs being thrown on Irish fans by english um football hooligans and unionists and it's certainly they were are uh, uncomfortable bedfellows from my perspective and, and certainly from a lot of uh, african-american and, and and black people uh all around the world so uh it'll be interesting to see what happens you know it's it's the type of thing where whether he he does or he doesn't it's something we're talking about and that is uh most certainly most certainly a good thing so we'll have to see uh what happens right before the race maybe he'll do uh who was late was a vettel was like last week i think two weeks back maybe he'll do a vettel and just not not be there at all um in fact, Hamilton has missed... The, the, there's a really good picture on one, on one of the articles, um, which is Hamilton not being at the National Anthem. I feel like everyone's missed at least one National Anthem um, over the past couple of years uh, since they brought that in. That's kind of a new thing as well. They, Eccleston brought it in maybe three or four years ago to keep the organizers happy, you know? Uh, and our last uh, news story, or sort of a collection of news stories, is the the ongoing... F- Toro Rosso <laughs> fucking <laughs> who's racing this week's saga um a new contender uh, a new challenger rather has entered the fray uh so of course to give you a little bit of a catch-up uh, Carlos Sainz Jr. moved to Renault he is uh, taken over the seat vacated by uh Julian Palmer who are very sad to see uh, leave F1 um Pierre Gasly, who was brought in most recently to replace Daniel Kvyat for uh, the last race, um he is not going to be racing this week. So Kvyat's back in. Uh, Gasly has apparently been dispatched to race uh in uh, S- J- Suzuka for the uh for Super Formula in Japan, which apparently is seen as some sort of a, a, I don't know, a make do or some sort of uh, handshake or or gesture to Honda, who of course are going to be supplying Toro Rosso's engine next year for fucking god knows what reason. Um, so Gasly's gone. So Kvyat's back in. Danny's back in, and he's got another young upstart. Or actually, now that I think about it, I think I think he might be the older of the two. How old is How old is Daniel Kvyat? Daniel Kvyat's twenty three. Okay, yeah, so he is. Uh, so uh, Brendan Hartley is is in, or rather, back into F one. Um, he might be a, a name you recognise, um, f- either from from his very short stay uh, working at the team with Red Bull, or for doing loads of other things like racing in many other disciplines and winning Le Mans. Um, uh, he is a 27 uh, year old, I think, uh, uh, New Zealand driver. Uh, he kind of looks like uh, like a punk, like like a dirtbag skateboarder. He's got like sort of uh, almost Cobainish long uh, straight hair. Um, not really. Doesn't necessarily look like many F1 drivers. In fact, he looks old. he looks much younger than than uh, than his than his uh, than he is. Uh, but yes, yeah, sorry. This one from F1.com actually getting his chance. Brendan Hartley's uh, route to the F or route if you're American route to the uh, F1 grid. Uh, Le Mans winner and sports car ace Brendan Hartley is set to make his F1 debut at this weekend's United States Grand Prix in Austin, completing a remarkable journey to the grid. Uh, we look back over New Zealand's route to the top. There's certainly a certain uh, irony to Brendan Hartley being given his F1 shot by Taro Rosso, given that only seven years earlier, he'd been left at a career crossroads when he was dropped from Red Bull's uh, vaunted young young driver program. Apologies. Faced with a similar situation, many a driver might crumble or simply disappear from racing stratosphere. Uh, But Hartley perhaps infused with some dogged determination that countrymen Bruce McLaren and Denny Hulme uh, had shown when they made the same trip from New Zealand to Europe in the late 1950s, refused to give up on his racing dreams. Instead, the then 20-year-old, who'd been picked up by a Red Bull as a shaggy-haired teenager in 2006 and immediately placed young driver supremo Helmut Marco by winning the European Formula 2 crown the following year, dusted himself off and looked at other options. After spending the remainder of 2010 and all of 2011 plowing his uh, own furrow with limited success in GP2 and Renault, uh, sorry, Formula Renault 3.5, Hartley turned his attention to sports car racing. It would prove to be a great fit for the talented youngster whose single-seater skills proved well-suited to prototype racing. And he rounded off a positive season, which included a debut at Le Mans uh, with an F1 test outing for Mercedes, a team for which he had done extensive simulator work. Uh, and that's the end of that article yeah so apparently he's done quite a bit of sim work with toro Rosso of the past couple of months um, and is aiming to beat out his teammate this weekend um miss uh, one Danny Kivat. so you know racing an f1 car seven years ago we, we we've we've to, you know, we've heard from Jensen Button about what it was like taking a couple of months off and coming back with the new cars and how much of a challenge it's been um, so I'm sure he's going to have to learn it from the ground up uh, regardless of his his, his youthful experience um, driving uh, F1 cars of old for, for the soda can drink makers but it'll be interesting to see how he does uh, this weekend lining up with the rest of them uh, and certainly another fun match to look at for Danny Kvyat who you have to say at this stage is fighting for his career at every single race he does um it's a it's an interesting time for him as well we've already seen a bunch of drivers lost this year we could lose a couple more by the end of the year um, and he's certainly not uh, not been consistent in the way that I think a Red Bull team or any team uh, would really like. Uh, okay, let's have a look at the constructor standings and the driver standings. This is uh, one of the weeks where you know Vettel really needs to to pull it out of his arse if he's going to get a, get have a chance at it. Um, the constructors' championships, though, um, I believe, can be rounded off. No, they can't be rounded off this week. Sorry, apologies. Almost though. Uh, number one Mercedes with 540 points. Ferrari trailing uh, with 395. Uh, that's 145 points uh, behind those. Um, trailing them, Red Bull um, 303. Force India Mercedes 147. Williams Mercedes 66. Toro Rosso. I can't do it, I'm sorry. Uh, 52. Uh, Haas Ferrari 43. Renault 42. McLaren Honda 23. Sauber Ferrari numero five oh, uh, and then for the drivers themselves, or sorry, five points, not numero five. I don't know how to speak Spanish. Drivers themselves, Lewis Hamilton sitting up front, three hundred and six points. Uh, very happy up there, I am sure. Trailing with forty nine points uh, less, Mister Sebastian Vettel in Ferrari. Um, and quite hot on his heels, you have to say, at this stage. Uh, Bottas with three hundred uh, sorry, 234 points. He's only 13 off Vettel. Uh, that's how close that's gotten. Um, quite far off him is Danny Ricardo, He's got 192 points. He's fucking delighted. He's, oh, he's turned into a Cockney, hasn't he? Sorry. <coughs> Daddy Ricardo, Hi. I uh, have some tinnies. Kimi Raikkonen. Having a shit at 148 points in fifth place. Uh, Max Verstappen, um, Kimmy's best friend, number six uh, with 111 points. Sergio Perez, uh, who. Um has uh, eighty-two points. Esteban Ocon, what a driver! Sixty-five points. Uh, the two Force India sitting seventh and eighth. They're very happy, I'm sure. Carlos Carlos Sainz Junior uh, with forty-eight. She'll be taking those points uh, away from Toro So Actually, I'm not sure. I don't think that's how that works. I think they keep those. Um, Nico Hulkenberg, uh, his new teammate, thirty-four points. Uh, Massa and Stroll uh, in eleventh and twelfth with thirty-four and thirty-two points. Uh, making uh, Putting Williams there very happy. Roman Grosjean and Magnussen then side by side um, uh, for the Haas team with 28 for Grosjean. K Mag with 15. Then went into Stoffel Van Dorn with 13 points. Uh, his teammate Fernando Alonso with 10. Um, Julian Palmer, who has eight points registered, that'll be his final tally for the year. Sadly, as he moves on to greener pastures, uh, Pascal Verlaine's there with Sauber with five. Then we have the to- Toro Rosso of Kvyat with four. Just to give you some perspective on how he's doing there, he is. Do um, do 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 do. Carlos signs in ninth with forty-eight, and uh, Kvyat with four. So there you go. Um, Marcus Ericsson, uh, uh with the Sauber with zero uh, Giovannazzi Antonio Giovannazzi with zero as well uh, Jensen Button Juice Scanlon Danny O'Dwyer everyone and Pierre Gasly who is uh, now at the bottom with four points um, he was only four points he is closer to Danny Kvyat <laughs> Danny Kvyat is to Carlos Sainz <laughs> he's only four points off so not doing too bad there not doing too bad um and that's a podcast. I wanted to keep this one relatively short because I know it's really annoying listening to one person ramble. Uh, I'll have some help next week once I've uh, managed to put this whole thing together. Thank you so much. I'm also going to be taking emails next week. Go to f1.cool forward slash emails to get to the contact form. That will be redirected towards me. Um, so please uh, send your emails in this week or, yeah. or, or between now and then, and I'll, I'll make sure I get to them. Um And let me make sure nothing else has happened on F1Fanatic. In the meantime, breaking news, breaking news, breaking news. Oh, my God. Breaking news. Fuck. I knew I was supposed to. I knew I was a good idea. This got posted minutes ago. Alonso commits to McLaren for another year. (laughs) Fernando Alonso is from F1Fanatic. Fernando Alonso will remain a McLaren for the 2018 season. Team has confirmed McLaren announced Alonso will contest the 2018 FIA Formula One World Championship alongside Belgium's Stoffer. Stoffer van Dorm. And the two times world champion says, is always where my heart was telling me to stay, and I feel really at home. (laughs) What? Alonso says he is incredibly happy to be racing at McLaren. Just as important, uh, McLaren has the technical resource and financial strength to be able to very quickly win races and world championships in F1, he said. What? (laughs) My fucking... Is this... Is it able to say? Although the last few years have not been easy... Okay, here we go. We have never forgotten how to win and I believe we can achieve that again soon. Man, they must really be happy to be getting off these fucking Honda engines. (laughs) McLaren has severed its ties with engine supplier Honda and will be a Renault customer next year. The last two years has given us the momentum to plan and build for the future, and I'm looking forward to that journey, says Alonso. McLaren executive, Zach Brown, says, it makes sense for Alonso to stay at the team. His commitments will allow us to further improve the attractiveness and potential of the wider group and will ensure we head into 2018 feeling increasingly confident and we'll be able to take a meaningful step forward, said Brown. Fernando fully understands and buys into the direction we're taking. And I'm sure you're buying into him as well. Alonso returned to McLaren in 2015, having previously driven for them in 2007. The team's lack of competitiveness prompted speculation that he might move to another team next year. The top uh, teams Mercedes, Ferrari, and Red Bull have all con- uh, confirmed unchanged lineups for 2018. And let's be honest... He doesn't want to go to fucking Toro Rosso. Because they just got the hot tangents. <laughs> Which who knows. They might be fine next year. But probably not. Um, Let me look up. I did not do race around the world. And I know it would be a massive shame. If I didn't do race around the world. So let me see. I I, I didn't prepare it. So I'm just going to do it. Just off the cuff. Right now. and See what we got. The racing.com's calendar is pretty good for this sort of stuff. Um... So we'll uh we'll see what we got this weekend. If it's if if there's anything. If we've got anything. Is this racing.com? It's the wrong racing.com. Is this is horse racing. <laughs> <laughs> Motor racing calendar. All the names of the places looked way too fancy. Race Racedates.com. Sorry, that's what I wanted. Not racing.com. Race dot com. God, this is this is very particular. What's what day is Sunday. Oh, I sorry, I take it back. I actually didn't tell you what time the race was on here. What a fucking moron. United States Grand Prix Austin. It's on first practice sessions on the 20th of October. That's Friday, Friday, Friday. Um all these times in in West in uh, Pacific time. Uh, Eight o'clock on the on the west coast, the west coast. Eight o'clock in the morning. That is. Get ready for that. It's on at noon. Then second practice on the twentieth, similar but different. Third practice Saturday morning, the twenty first at nine o'clock. That's one hour pushed up, Um, and then qualifying on once again at noon. Noon's the time to do it. Noon's the time of the race on Sunday, the twenty second of October. Maybe with a little bit of rain uh, in Austin, Texas, is when the United States Grand Prix uh, kicks off with our good friends uh, Michael Buffer and <laughs> Usain Bolt um, getting it uh, getting it done. Uh, also on the twenty second, uh, we got a bunch of stuff. Uh, the Formula Ford Festival is on Brands Hatch. Um, oh, these are all UK things, are they? They are all UK things. Um, let me see. Most of these are regionals. Um, the FIA World Rally Championship is on in Wales Rally GP. D-side. That's not a Welsh accent. How do you do a Welsh accent? Welsh accent. I'm from the valleys. The Wales Rally FIA, FIA Formula Rally Championship. <laughs> I'm not sure if that works. uh the uh, uh, FIA World Touring Card Championship is in Twin Ring Motegi. Sorry, it's not. That's actually next week. So I'll be saying that again uh, very soon. The... Okay, actually, I've stumbled upon the best fucking thing ever. Where is this on? The... Run what you brung. <laughs> which may be my new favorite race thing ever. Run what you brung. U N G? So that would be run what you brought if you're uh, if you're not from from here um not if you're not from the UK uh is on at the Santa Pod Raceway which I have a postcode for it here which is somewhere in Wellingborough I think yeah okay just just by Northampton um so go do that if you want the Santa Pod Raceway run what you brought I think that might be Drag racing. I'm not sure. Um, There's lots of karting on. (laughs) The racing calendar on... uh, The racing calendar on BBC is, again... Just fucking horses. Autosport. Here we go. Let me see. I'm going to just... I'm going to go through them all. Let's see if DTM's on this weekend. DTM. Oh, DTM is on. No, what do we? 15th to October. It's the 19th of October. 19, I don't think... Uh, latest championship standings now. 2017 racing. Is DTM over? I think DTM's over. Was that Hockenheim Ring won the last one? I think it might be. Let's see if there's IndyCar this week. IndyCar. Sonoma Raceway was on last week. Was that cancelled because of the fire? I wonder. Because that would have been right in the middle of it. Oh, we're in October. Sorry, not September. October was not in. It was in... It was somewhere else. Maybe it is. Wait, are these... Am I looking at the wrong year? Sonoma Raceway. 17th of September it was on. That can't be right. No, it's October. Sorry. All right. Okay, I'm going to try one or two more websites, and then this whole Danny tries to... This is why we produced the show beforehand, because then this happens. That's all F1 races... Let's just see. I got to see if there's NASCAR. That's all I got. Just NASCAR calendar. I'm I'm near a bunch of racetracks now, which is super fun. Okay, we got some NASCAR. Monster Energy. It's Monster Energy Hollywood Casino 400 is on a... Can- <laughs> Wait. It's on in Kansas? The Hollywood... Hollywood Casino in Kansas. Um... You can watch on NBC Sports Network. It's on Sunday, 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 October twenty second at three p.m. That's uh, Eastern time. So that's I think that's competing. <laughs> is this no? It'll be earlier. It's earlier here than it is there. Oh no, it's great. Okay, so it'll be right after the uh, right after the the uh, F one race. I think. I think that's how it works. But just watch the F1 race instead anyway, just in case you end up missing it. Uh, and that's a podcast, my friends. Thank you so much for, for uh, suffering through this with me. I hope it's been an entertaining um, a little listen for you. Like I said, i got to go back to unpacking this house. It's a fucking disaster zone right now. Um, but uh, very happy to, to have you along. I really hope you enjoy this weekend, especially if you're in North America. It's a really special uh, race, I think, uh, for folks around here. A great history of um, uh, Formula One races in North America, um, some some of which have had all the cars driving. <laughs> um, uh, but I really like this track a lot. I think it's a, a real fun one. If we get some rain, that'll be uh, even even more fun. And and you know you can sort of you get the sort of American razzmatazz that comes along with a lot of uh, stuff over here with with the way they they set that whole thing up. So it should be a really fun weekend. Thank you so much. my I'm Daniel Dwyer, at Daniel Dwyer on Twitter. Um, he's at Drew Scanlon when he's not in Brazil. Uh, in fact, I think he continues to be at Drew Scanlon even when he's in Brazil. Uh, you can support Drew's work and check out what he's doing in Brazil at patreon.com forward slash cloth map cloth map c-l-o-t-h-m-a-p um he's got a bunch of videos there of when he was in uh, uh the ukraine which are which are quite staggering um i've loved watching them myself um and uh, if you want to support me patreon.com forward slash danny o'dwyer uh, the witcher series i produced is all up it's three hours of documentary videos the six of them in total all about the development of the witcher three and what games development was like in poland uh, before the uh the iron curtain yeah, eventually fell down um, yeah we're working on a bunch more stuff and uh, that's a podcast thank you so much for listening I hope wherever you are you're having a wonderful beautiful day and you enjoy the weekend of racing that, that's in it and we'll see you next week uh, me and someone else uh, to talk about more speedy race cars see you then Nya-m.